You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. It may look like an ordinary podcast, but this one's bigger on the inside, and it can travel anywhere in time and space. Pack your sonic screwdrivers and your jelly babies. Grab your hats, scarves, and tighten your bow ties. You're the companion now. So get ready to run with your hosts, Jason Hunt and Paul Gann. This is Talking Time Lords. Hello and welcome back to another fantastic episode of Talking Time Lords. This is episode number 16. Series 9 Preview. I am, as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, my companion through podcasting time and space, we have Paul Gann. Geronimo! <laughs> How's it going, Paul? Oh, dude, I'm excited. Series 9 is just a few days away. <laughs> so excited, so excited. But Paul and I are not here to talk about it. By ourselves, we have the, uh, the Patrick Troughton of guests uh, for Talking Time Lords, our second guest. He is someone who I know personally, and we've got to hang out with him. He is also part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network family and is one of the hosts of Star Wars The Saga Continues. Uh, please welcome Kyle Avery. Hello, guys. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. Good to have you along. By the way... Kyle's nickname, at least on my other podcast, is Kyle Baca, because uh, he's so tall. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Anyways, random. Yeah, but I like it. <laughs> like, if, if you don't love Wookiees, we can't even be friends. Right, right. <laughs> it would be really kind of awesome if a Wookiee showed up in Doctor Who. Dude, how freaking cool would that be? That would be kind of amazing. The Doctor lands in Kashyyyk. <laughs> oh, that would be the best. <laughs> well, anyways, maybe we can speculate about that later on in the show, but we are here, Paul and I are here, uh, after seeing the uh, Dark Water, Death in Heaven, U.S. screenings, uh, theater screenings of last season, uh, along with a preview scene and an exclusive interview by Will Wheaton, which was pretty awesome. Spoilers. Saw that last night. Um, I forgot how funny Peter Capaldi was in those two episodes. You know, what is with oh, the yeah. eyes? It's like they inflate or something. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it was awesome stuff. Uh, the 
The preview scene was a lot of the Doctor trying to meditate in this medieval castle. By the way, I should probably warn you guys, spoilers. If you don't <laughs> want to be spoiled for Series 9, we're going to be speculating and talking about things that are all over the place. So just general spoiler warning for this episode. I will make sure to put the spoiler clip before I mentioned anything. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Kyle, you, you didn't, you did not get to see this, correct? No. Um, I mean, obviously I've been keeping up with the series and I saw the, uh, you know, saw the, the two part season finale last season. So, um, I mean, it, it was pretty cool that they were doing a, another theatrical screening of it. And I've gone to, um, in fact, I think you and I went together to the theatrical screenings of the 50th anniversary special and the, uh, the season premiere from last season. But, mm -hmm. Um, I was kind of hoping they'd do another one for the season nine uh, premiere coming up here, but um, you know the fact that they were doing the finale from last year, I was like, eh, I don't know if I need to spend the money on that right now, especially since I just bought an Xbox One and Star Wars Battlefront's about to come out and all that good stuff. So, right, right. <laughs> the the preview scene that we saw at the end of it, um, I might be available online somewhere. I don't remember. Um, I haven't been looking, but I might be available. It's called uh, The Doctor's Meditation, I think is what it was called. Uh, but basically the Doctor is by himself in this medieval castle in the middle of nowhere, and he's getting ready to go and leave on this, this thing that he has to do, and he's meditating. And he's like, well, I have to do this thing. I have to go face this thing. But he keeps finding things to distract himself. Uh, and the, the little guy, not the little guy, the big guy who's basically acting as his assistant and helping him out finally goes okay so what's the story what do you have to fight and the doctor says it's a long story so but basically it appears that this takes place maybe during the first episode of the series because the first episode of the series the doctor apparently has disappeared and Clara has to team up with Missy to figure out what the heck is going on. Or at yeah. least that's the gist of what we're getting anyway. Right. Um, but we don't have to dive into all of the uh, the descriptions of the episodes for this season, if unless we want to. But there is the RadioTimes.com has released an official uh, Stephen Moffat's exclusive Doctor Who Series 9 episode guide, which gives us titles and teasers for every episode this season um, along with a quote from each each episode um, Jason yes Paul did, did the, uh, the the little preview that we got last night did the back and forth between the doctor and his assistant uh, remind you at all of the second doctor and Jamie oh because now, I I really got that vibe now that. that you mention it, maybe, but then again, it could just be the Scottish castle. You know, well, that that guy really reminded me of Jamie a lot. <laughs> he didn't he didn't at all look like Jamie. No, he he reminded me a lot in his personality. One other final thing I do want to hit on real quick, and and you might find this interesting, Kyle, is the interview, the Will Wheaton interview with Peter Capaldi and Jenna Coleman. He asked them what fans should be should brush up on before going into series nine and 
uh, Peter and Jenna basically said, uh, brush up on your Dalek history, which yeah. works for us because we've been going back and doing Dalek episode reviews on our show, uh, starting from the first Doctor. And then he also said, uh, I forget the exact word, but it was uh, broaden your expectations of regeneration. Broaden your, um, your uh, how, do you, how did he put it? Your um, uh, understanding, I believe he said, of regeneration, huh. I, th- I think is how he put it. Yeah, well, I mean, that does sound interesting because obviously, you know, we're seeing Missy all over these trailers and I'm like, didn't she get like disintegrated or something at the end of, <laughs> you know, the last series there? So, um, I don't know. I mean, obviously they got to have some way to bring her back and, you know, maybe wobbly, timey-wimey stuff, this kind of thing always happens. But yeah, I'm like, maybe she regenerated somehow. I don't know. That's obviously one of the uh, the things I'm most excited to find out right off the bat and kind of see how they uh how they twist that one around yeah very true Richie. well that's that's all the information that i think is pertinent to our topic tonight from the screening uh this week but before we jump into the rest of our our preview and speculating and all that fun stuff kyle reminded me in the chat that we were going to ask him some questions uh, which is something that we're doing with all of our guests. So, um, <laughs> hey, you're only our second guest, so g- give me give me a break. Give me a break. No, that, that's uh, fine. You you get a break. I'm just I was kind of sitting here waiting, and then I was like, wait, should I just be jumping into the discussion, or, or should we pull it back? I don't know. <laughs> well, all right, uh, we got a trio of questions here. Oh, a trio. A trio. Yes, uh, John Pertwee amount of questions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> There are so many, so many jokes that you can make with numbers and doctors. Anyways. Jason, you need to go golfing, hit a ball at somebody and just yell, Tom Baker! (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Wow. (laughs) That is brilliant. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) This is why we need to have Kyle on the show every so often. (laughs) See, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) Okay, Kyle. Oh, wow. (laughs) Uh, How did you first get introduced to Doctor Who and what kept you coming back to the show? Ooh, that is a very good question. Um, Let's see, I've been I, I guess I started watching this show back about 2012. Um, it was actually my girlfriend at the time who got me into it. Um, and when we got together, she had never seen Star Wars. I hadn't seen Doctor Who, and I was a big Star Wars fan. She was a big Doctor Who fan, so we kind of you know introduced each other to this stuff. Um, I liked Doctor Who. Uh, you know, it was um, I don't know. It was, it was fun. I liked it. It wasn't like something that I really got into, like as a, a fandom and. Uh, you know, that I really, really loved. But it was kind of our thing that we would just do together. We watched um, all the episodes from, you know, we started with the New Doctors with Christopher Eccleston um, and went all the way through the end of the fourth season with, uh, you know, David Tennant's last season. Um, and then, you know, our relationship ended right around that time. Um, and I was 
kind of on the fence about like, well, should I keep going? Should I just kind of leave it? Like I liked David Tennant a lot and I had heard kind of some mixed things about Matt Smith and I was like, eh, maybe that was just a good place to leave off. I don't know if I'm going to like the next guy as much. Um, and then actually, I guess it was uh, Phoenix Comic Con that year um, that I went to. It was, it was This was kind of all right around that time that uh, Phoenix Comic Con was as well. And we went to this Doctor Who party um, and just seeing everybody there like in the the costumes and stuff. And a lot of people were dressed as the 11th doctor, obviously with the Fez and the sonic screwdriver. And they were playing some episodes, I think in the room of this big party, they didn't have the sound on, so I couldn't hear what was going on, but um, I just kind of caught some glimpses of like the doctor and Amy and river and all this kind of stuff going on. So it, it intrigued me enough that when I got back after that, um, I was like, okay, you know what? Maybe I'll check this out. Um, and I'm so glad I did because yeah, you know, as for the second part of your question, what kept me coming back to doctor who um, I mean, Matt Smith was, He's sort of my doctor, as people say. Um, I know for a lot of people, that's like the first doctor that they were introduced to. But um, I don't know. For me, he was the one that just really grabbed me. And uh, I mean, obviously, you, you can kind of tell when you start watching Series 5 that there was a shift in, um, you know, the, the people behind the show, the writers the running the scenes and everything. Because there's sort of this... Um, it, it has this different feel to it. And, uh, you know, I know some people love David Tennant and he's their favorite. And I'm not saying it's like the best for everybody. But um, for me as a, a filmmaker and, you know, somebody who really loves getting engrossed in like the visual aspect of things, um, the fact that this was like the first season that was shot in HD. And I just love the production values and the cinematography and um, just absolutely loved Matt Smith's performance as the doctor. And I immediately fell in love with Amy Pond as well. So. Uh, I mean, that, that fifth season was really the one that grabbed me and uh, made me go from a, a casual Doctor Who fan to uh, Whovian, as they say. Um, and I mean, the, the rest from there is just kind of history. I binge-watched seasons five and six on Netflix faster than I've probably binge-watched anything else. Um, and then, you know, got caught up on... Uh, I guess I borrowed Series 7 from a friend because I was still behind at that point, but they had it on DVD and it wasn't on Netflix yet. So I watched Series 7 on there, um, got caught up with everything in time to go see uh, the 50th anniversary special in theaters. And then, um, <clears throat> you know, Jason, you and I were watching uh, episodes of the eighth season together last year. So that was pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, good to good to be caught up now and get to, uh, you know, catch all the new stuff as it happens. But uh, yeah, that's kind of my Doctor Who story in a nutshell, I guess. Um, although I also didn't mention the fact that now I cosplay as the 11th Doctor for Phoenix Comic Con for the past couple of years. Um and of course, I, I don't do the uh, the the first uh, you know sort of brown uh, jacket that Matt Smith does. I really like that uh, sort of longer purple coat that he's got in season seven. So um, yeah, that was my favorite outfit. That was that was the one I decided to go for, and that's the one that you don't see as many people wearing at conventions and stuff. So I was like, oh, this will stand out because um, not yes. as, as this one because it's it's just your your costume that stands out not the fact that you're six foot eight so. yeah well yeah, <laughs> um, but I, I mean honestly sort of the the pinnacle of that i guess you could say is when we were at phoenix comic-con this year i was just kind of browsing around the floor and a group of people dressed as amy river and rory came up to me and said that i was the best doctor costume they'd seen all day and i was like i miss you guys <laughs> <laughs> nice Nice. Well, I suppose after that, the next two questions will probably be pretty easy. Um, who is your favorite doctor? Oh, uh, the and eighth then... doctor, Paul McGann, actually. Really? Uh, no, no, yeah. Matt Smith. Matt Smith, yes, <laughs> I, I figured that was going to be pretty pretty easy. And then who is your favorite companion? 
uh, Amy Pond. Although a part of me wants to say Strax the Sontaran just because <laughs> I feel like he's slightly underrated just because, you know, he's not something, something people would normally consider a companion, but I freaking love Strax. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I almost introduced you as lover of all things Strax, but I held off. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. I'm the clever one. You're the potato one. The amount yes, of times, <laughs> the amount of times Kyle has quoted that line to me. Uh, if I had a nickel for every time that happened, I'd probably have about five dollars. Um, probably, <laughs> especially because the height difference between you and me is about the same difference between the doctor and Strats. Pretty much. If Pretty I need much. any advice from a psychotic potato dwarf, I shall let you know. <laughs> You get the memory worm. You go play with my grenades. Yes. <laughs> they need to bring Strax back. Yep. I wholeheartedly endorse that opinion. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that wraps up our, our guest questionnaire, I suppose. Um, one of the things that has surfaced again, especially uh, in light of the, the Stephen Moffat uh, episode description guide uh, that was released is the rumor, yet again, that Clara will be leaving the show this season. Uh, that rumor has come and gone several times. It was buzzing around at the end of last season. It was buzzing around the Christmas special. And then it was buzzing around again as this season got started filming. Uh, but it's back again now. So the article um, that I read, uh, I, actually we posted it, uh, or someone posted it to our Facebook page uh, today, I think, um, said uh, that Stephen Moffat confirmed that she actually was going to leave the show twice and changed her mind both times. Um, so, yeah, it, it wasn't just a rumor. It was true, but she changed her mind both times. But in light of season nine, do you think Clara will actually be leaving this time? Um and of course, folks, reminder, spoilers, we'll probably be referencing the uh, Stephen Moffat episode guide with this one uh, a little bit. But, uh, Paul, you first. Uh, what do you think about the possibility of Clara well, leaving? I'll put it this way. Um, I know that uh, when they showed the interviews last night, um, Capaldi said that he had actually left in the middle of uh, recording an episode and was in the middle of episode 11 at that point. Now, she never actually said whether she had been with him uh, playing in that episode or not, but I know well, she was still there for the interview. Well, episode 11 um, is going to be the first part of that, the two-part finale, right. and we were already told that that episode uh, is going to be the only single actor episode in the show right? featuring uh, Peter Capaldi. So what what I'm saying is I don't know if she came back just for that interview or if she was waiting, you know, to, you know, film another episode or, or, or what was going on with that. But I will per I will personally say that I, I feel like she won't be around by the end of the season. One of the statements that that I've heard from her is that you go into this knowing that it's temporary. Um, and that you're only going to be doing it for a short time, and that you need to enjoy the time you have while you're while you're doing it. Um, and she said that the reason why she changed her mind uh, the last couple of times is because she didn't feel like 
that she had left her character in a position where her story felt like it was completely finished. And uh, I feel like that if, if Stephen Moffat knew that that is the only reason why she was staying, he would have probably found a way to write her out of the show in a way that made sense to her. Um, if you get my meaning. Mm-hmm. So, Kyle. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I agree with what a lot of Paul, uh, with a lot of what Paul just said. Um, I mean, I haven't been quite keeping up with as many of like the interviews and stuff, but I did hear that rumor that she was going to be leaving. Um, and I mean, honestly, I feel like it's a good time. Um, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but um, I mean, last season was a real kind of up and down season for me, uh, especially in terms of her character. Um, I mean, I, I've always generally liked Clara. She's never like my favorite companion or anything, but um, I don't know, like around the middle of the season last season, you know, in, in series not or uh, eight, um, her, her character just took a big turn that I, I don't know, kind of turned me off to her. She, she started getting on my nerves. It was that one episode. Um, what is it? Kill the moon. I think where uh, they're trying okay. to decide whether they should blow up the moon or not. And I, I thought it was really cool in that episode, how, you know, they're doing sort of the normal thing where the doctor is going to like come in and save the day. And then there's sort of this impossible choice they have to make. And he's like, you know what? There's not really a right or wrong answer here. You're the humans. It's your planet. I'm just going to let you decide for yourselves. And I thought that was kind of a cool, neat twist. Like I I thought it was, uh, you know, cool for him to not just drag everybody along and sort of let them make their own decisions. And, you know, it's cool that that was something we hadn't really seen before. Um, at least in the new series. I don't know if you guys have seen more of that in the old series, but I haven't uh, gotten into the older Doctors as much. But um, and, and I thought that was a really great episode until like the last five minutes of it, and Clara just totally flips out on him and, in my opinion, was just acting like really immature. And I'm like, what the heck are you throwing a tantrum for because he just taught you how to like be responsible and save your own planet? Like, come on. So, I don't know. At, at this point, I feel like I'm just kind of ready for, for some uh, some fresh blood to step in and to, for us to get a new companion here. Um, at the same time, I mean, I don't, like, hate her. I'm not, like, kill her off immediately. And I do hope that they, uh, you know, give a satisfying resolution to the character, however they decide to do that. Um, and when I first heard these rumors, I was like, okay, you know, that, that sounds like a good idea. And then I was kind of wary because, like you said, I had heard, I'm like, this isn't the first time we've heard this, especially at the end of last season. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, I- I'm going to kind of take it with a grain of salt until we uh, actually see where they go with this. But then looking at the uh, the episode descriptions that Stephen Moffat posted, I was like, oh, yeah, I could kind of see where there are a couple episodes in here that look like they might be kind of headed in that direction. Yeah. No, I – at the end of last season, I was really, you know, going, all right, she needs to find a way to, to get off, you know, get off the TARDIS. You know, she I, – I felt like her story was – fairly wrapped up um, at the end of last season but one of the things I was doing uh, in preparation for this season obviously is uh, re-watching a whole bunch of stuff and I, I would you know when I got to Clara and was re-watching her episodes this time around just you know last week the week before I came away going well maybe she has a little bit left to do I don't think it'll take an entire season to finish up her story arc and just based on where things are at with the the descriptions, I'm wondering if maybe her last episode will be episode 10, and then that single episode, that single actor episode episode 11, where the Doctor is by himself, is the aftermath of, of whatever happened to Clara, and then 
you know, his his attempt to either rescue her or figure something out how to move on beyond her is what will happen when, in the finale. Bring, bringing that up, that actually makes sense to me, uh, that it would be episode 10, uh, maybe that she would leave. Because if episode 11 is the single actor episode, like we've been told it is, that makes complete logical sense that it would be that way. So that is that is my prediction. I have no idea if it's going to happen, but I think I think Clara will be will come a bit more into her own this season now that she doesn't really have the whole relationship drama with Danny Pink that keeps tying her back and bringing her back and which you know I think some of that worked but I'm not a fan of relationship drama you know for the sake of relationship drama I felt some of the stuff between Amy and Rory was a bit contrived like the fact that they're randomly now getting divorced in one episode so it was one of those things where if you're going to do the relationship drama, keep it in a soap opera or a, 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 a you know, a, another type of TV show, not in my Doctor Who. Well, <laughs> so. at least at least make it organic. At least make it feel like that it has a purpose for being there and that it's a natural occurrence, that it's not something that you just decided to put there just for the sake of putting there. Right. You know? And so I think, you know... It, and I don't, I don't want to sound heartless because I did like Danny Pink, although I wished he would have gotten on the TARDIS. Now that he's out of the way, I think Clara can sort of be more her own person like she was uh, at the end of Matt Smith's run and sort of make a return to form um, as far as her character is concerned. Because I really liked her when she was you know, running around with, with the 11th Doctor. So I think we'll see that. And then that'll get taken away from the Doctor, you know, again, basically. Mm-hmm. So, this season. Well, Stephen Moffat actually wrote her out of the show twice uh, at the end of last season. He wrote her out of the show at the end of the episodes we watched last night. Uh, that's the reason why it ended the way that it did. And then she changed her mind between that episode and the Christmas special. And... He wrote her out of the show again at the end of the Christmas special, and then she changed her mind again, and that's when he went back and added the stinger at the end of the show to show that uh, uh, she was dreaming the part about being the old woman. So that happened twice last season already. So Wow. Yeah, which I mean, makes perfect sense now that you think about it, because <clears throat> me watching those, I was like, oh, so she's done now, right? Oh, nope, she's coming back for the Christmas special. Okay. You know, so it's like, oh, they weren't just teasing us with that. Like, that is how it was supposed to go. And then she was just like, nope, guys, I'm coming back. Yeah, he right. left her the option to come back, and she changed her mind. So, Wow. That's how that All works. right. But, you know, maybe third time's the charm, you know, or the third time's the limit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> she's running out of, you know, returning regenerations. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And plus, you know, we've got a new doctor... Um, and I kind of like when we get to see new doctors with new companions and new stories and heck, as much as I love Matt Smith, I even kind of wish Peter Capaldi would get his own sonic screwdriver. Cause every time I see that, like, I don't think of that as the 12th doctor sonic screwdriver. I think of the, think of it as the 11th, but you know, mm-hmm. um, Tenet, Tenet had the same screwdriver as Eccleston. So, right. Know. Right. And I was going to say, like, I know not all of them have changed, um, over the years, but I think just with the past two, like, 
you know, if you see like kids running or heck adults, even, cause I know we've got some of them, you know, people running around with like the toy sonic screwdrivers. When you see the blue one and the green one, like you immediately think of the 10th and the 11th doctor, or at least I do. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of become more of like a, an identifiable thing with, with each doctor, I think. Okay. Well, another, uh, character that is going to be making another appearance, uh, we got confirmed River Song is coming back for the Christmas special this year. Uh, basically, the BBC Facebook page said, guess what? She's coming back. They had this big picture of her standing in the TARDIS, you know, promotional picture, and she's coming back for the Christmas special. Yay! And there's been, as far as I know, nothing else about it since. Um, <laughs> and they haven't said anything else about what, she, why she's coming back, how she's coming back, or anything like that. Kyle, what is your opinion on River Song, and did you want to see her back in the Christmas special? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I love that character. I think it's going to be a lot of fun seeing her with, uh, you know, getting to interact with Peter Capaldi's doctor. Um, it could get a little confusing as to the timeline. Um, you know, I, I guess I got a little disjointed with the whole River Song thing, like sort of halfway through uh season six i guess because i mean i i kind of like the way that they set her up initially where the doctor meets her for the first time he's never met her before she knows everything about him and then she dies and then it felt like they were going to kind of work forward slash backwards where you know every time they meet after that the doctor knows her a little bit more she knows him a little bit less and she says something at some point about um you know, the, the first time that she ever met him and how she just like instantly fell in love with this, you know, guy who was so, you know, wise and crazy and wonderful and whatever other things you want to use to describe the doctor. Um, and I guess I, I feel like we never really got that sort of, you know, we, we started at point A, we got halfway to point B and then got a big ball of wibbly wobbly, tiny wimey stuff and never really got to the other end of that line that I wanted to see. Um, but I mean, you see, I guess we did see where she meets him for the first time, but it's when she's like Amy and Rory's kid who tries to kill Hitler and then turns into river song and you know, a bunch of weird stuff happened there. And then we see her again after that. And um, but then, I mean, when you see her in season seven, she's like a ghost or something and it, almost kind of made it seem like it was supposed to be the end of her story. Like she had died or something, but I was always kind of confused. I was like, wait, did I miss something? Like, is this the last time we're ever going to see her? Cause it, it didn't really feel like it had led up to this being like the final moment. I think um, that, that instance where she's, you know, the ghost is, is basically after her experience with David Tennant, after he's uploaded her into the right. library. And right. She's, and That's she's a projection back. of her, uh, of her, uh, from the computer in the library, so, right? Yeah, and but it's like, but we, you know, yeah, yeah, we did get that that you know, let's kill Hitler, and you know, she's like, hey, I'm River Song, and I'm gonna kill you, and then love you, but it's like that didn't really feel like a good meeting, at least not to me. I was like, that, yeah. that's kind of anticlimactic and weird right. for their first meeting. Right, well, it's like it's like I'm waiting for that <clears throat> moment, and I don't know if it's ever gonna happen or not. But then, I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you with the whole, like, library thing. I think that was just a, a projection of her. But I'm just saying the way they set that up in the episode, sort of the, the emotion of it and everything, kind of felt like this was the last time we were going to see her. And then at the same time, I'm like, wait, why is this the last time we're going to see her? Like, their timelines are all crossed. They can, you know, meet a whole bunch more times. So I'm glad they are bringing her back. The, the thing about River Song for me, though, is if you play the character 
the way that she is. You know, she's not an extremely sentimental person most of the time. So even if she was, you know, knocked off her feet by the doctor, she's not going to let on and let anybody know. You know, she's she's going to she's going to hold that in and 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 keep that close to to the vest, I guess you'd say. What about you, Paul? You looking forward to seeing her? Come oh, back? dude, I love River Song. Um, you know, I love River Song uh, about like I love you know Ramana and and Canine. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, Ramana and Canine. Ramana was my first companion with the Fourth Doctor. Of course, Canine's awesome. You know, uh, and River Song to me has become sort of that type of character. She just to me, she just fits in with the doctor in, in just this really cool, you know, kind of, uh, way that, that makes you feel like she belongs in that universe. It makes you feel like that she belongs kind of in his, you know, his timeline, I guess you'd say, because, uh, they just have this really great chemistry. They, they just play off of each other so well, uh, even, you know, between tenant and, and Matt Smith's doctors both, you know, you can see that. And, and I, I just feel like that it would be the same way with Capaldi, you know. Yeah, I've said it before. I think it would be great to get Peter Capaldi and Alex Kingston, you know, working together on an episode like this. I, I've, I've always thought that would be a really fun episode to get Capaldi's doctor and River Song together. Um, I do believe I remember River saying... Uh, in the the Silence in the Library episodes, uh, mentioning all the different faces that she's seen of the Doctor. Um, you know, she says faces plural. So, uh, you know, it makes sense that she'll have met some of his other incarnations. And I think, I mean, I even think we could get, you know, a couple ex- more episodes with Capaldi and maybe even an episode or two with whoever succeeds Capaldi as the Doctor uh, and River Song, you know. Give her a wibbly-wobbly timeline like that, you know, that extends out that far. But um, I never thought her story was over, even though it had that sort of note of finality uh, with Matt Smith there. It just, I was like, that didn't feel climactic enough, you know. Yeah, exactly. For River Song. So I'm super excited to see her come back, and it's going to be interesting to see where she's at with her knowledge of the Doctor uh, in this episode. I'm still interested in seeing where they take it with the the big finish episodes as well. I think that the fact that she's even going to be in the same episodes as the Eighth Doctor, uh, even even if they don't technically run into one another, I think it's just you know fantastic. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, I think it would be pretty cool if, like, in the uh, in the Christmas special here, maybe when they meet for the first time, like, she doesn't realize that this is the Doctor, but maybe she's already met the Doctor, and, I mean, either she could be talking about him, or she could just be doing something with Capaldi, and she's like, you know, you remind me of somebody else who, you know, does all this crazy stuff, and, um, you know, then maybe at some point, you know, towards the end of the episode or something, he shows her the sonic screwdriver or the TARDIS or something. She has this moment of realization that like, holy crap, it's you. That'd be neat. (laughs) That'd be really neat. Like he's keeping the secret and he doesn't want to tell her for a while. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah. 
Because, um, you know, he's going to know who she is, and she may or may not have ever had any indication of that he's the Doctor at all. As we gear up for Series 9, Kyle, Paul, what is your opinion, uh, stance on Peter Capaldi as the Doctor? And how excited are you to see more of him? Um, well, I mean, I like him a lot. Um, he, he certainly... Uh, you know, different from the ones that have come before. Um, and I guess I still kind of maybe haven't quite seen enough of him to really sort of form my opinion of like how much I like him and where I would rank him sort of in comparison to the other doctors. So I, I'm, that's part of the, one of the reasons I guess I'm excited for the season is just to see more of him get more exposure, you know, get more stories with him and stuff. Um, but I, I definitely like that he is, uh, a change from the doctors who have you know come more recently before him, but at the same time, you still see a lot of that uh, still in there. I mean, you still get the sense that this is the same character, um, and, and I think it is. A, I think he's a good follow up to Matt Smith because where Matt was so just full of like excitement and wonder and all this sort of kooky energy, but at the same time had like these vulnerable moments where. You know, you see that he's he is, you know, an old soul who's seen like 900 years of time and space history um, all the way up to, you know, the end of his run when he regenerates. He's gone up to like 2000 years old. Um, Capaldi is almost like the exact reverse of that, where most of the time he comes off as like this crotchety old man who's like, you know what? I've seen time wars and I've lost people and had friends die and whatever. and I'm allowed to be grumpy and, you know, raise <laughs> raise my angry eyebrows at you. Yes. Um, I'm Scottish. I can complain. Yeah, exactly. But then at the same the time, he, you know, when it when it sort of counts most, he has these, you know, either like heartfelt moments of compassion or uh, humorous moments that are just sort of these really funny, dry-witted, unexpected lines that he just kind of throws in out of nowhere. And it's like, man, I thought this guy was like really serious and angry right now, and suddenly he's got everybody like busting out laughing. So. Um, you know, I, I like that it's it's something different, but it still sort of blends all the elements that we like to see uh, from the Doctor, just in a, a slightly different um, mixture of you know amount of those elements, I guess. For me, Capaldi feels like that somebody took the first four Doctors, put them in a blender, and then poured them out, and there you have Peter Capaldi. You know, uh, and, and you're it, you're referring to William Hartnell, Patrick Troughton, John. Pertwee and Tom Baker. Four. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, it just feels like that somebody took all four of them, you know, watered them up in a ball, and then out comes Peter Capaldi. You know, that's that's the feeling that I get. And I, I think it's funny Kyle brought up the angry eyebrows because I had forgotten about that line uh, in the episodes uh, we watched last night where uh, the mistress or the master, uh, we, we agreed to call her the master. Yes. Um, where she says something to him about smiling, she says, maybe your eyebrows will fall off. You know, <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought that was funny, you know. <laughs> but uh, no, he he has that, um, that, that grumpiness that we got from the first Doctor, but then he has that intensity that we got from the second Doctor, uh, and then he has that, that you know, boyish... Uh, you know, mannerism and things like we got from the fourth doctor. And it just kind of, you know, at the same time, you still have kind of that leading man kind of swagger that you had from the third doctor. Yeah, know? especially and some of his, his 
uh, fashion choices seem to be heavily influenced by the third doctor. Uh, actually, um, the pictures that I've been seeing of this season, uh, it looks like he's mixing it up and, and going back and forth to more than one, uh, uh, incarnation as far as the clothes go because I know at one point he's got the pants from the second doctor uh, he has yes. the jacket and another point of the third doctor um, and uh, you know I almost at some point expect to see him to pull the scarf back out you know <laughs> I do I do love that, that burgundy velvet coat that he's got in some of the new promotional images that have just come out I think it's awesome and but, you know, I, I like the hair too. I mean, his in some of the shots, like his hair looks a little longer and poofed up. I don't know. It, it looks like an excited kid almost. That is third. Um, that is third Doctor hair all the way, man. It really is. Yeah, and, and yet in a way, I mean, it, like I said, it, it gives it a little bit more um, to me. Anyway, I mean, it doesn't look just sort of like stylish. It looks like a kid who's really excited to be on a road trip and like stuck his head out the window and, you know, his hair is like flying back, you know, <laughs> um, it, it's that sort of like sort of wild, crazy adventurous look. Well, in that case, it would be like they took the third and fourth doctor's hair and put them together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then mixed in a little bit of Colin Baker's sixth doctor. Cause he had a mop of, of curly blonde hair right? to go with it. There's a, quite a few doctors that had long hair. Anyway, are we, we ever, won't get are into, we ever, we won't get into that? fashion. Here. Are we ever going to see a ginger doctor, though? I mean, really? Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Well, as far as Capaldi goes, for me, um, my perspective of him is if he is as good or better this coming season as he was last season, he will be my favorite new Who doctor. Which is, I know, a big statement to make, especially with all the diehard uh, fangirls that love Tennant and Smith. Um, and I feel like I might get murdered by some of them. Who you fangirl? Not, not you in particular, <laughs> Kyle, because you won't care if I if I say, well, you know, Capaldi's my favorite. You'll be like, okay, that's nice. But I feel like some of the fangirls will be like, but Matt Smith is the best, or David Tennant's the best, and you must die, you know, or something. I feel like, I feel like, I should not say that at Comic Con. Now, don't, um, don't forget Molly. You know, she said that the Eighth Doctor was so pretty. You know, uh, yes. Our, our first guest, uh, our first guest, Molly, is is a huge fan of the Eighth Doctor. She's listened to all the Big Finish. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, no. If and all indications from the trailers bear this out that Peter Capaldi is going to be as good, if not better this season than he was last season, which, you know, stands to reason because he's had more time to, you know, step into the character's shoes and get comfortable, uh, you know, at the helm of the TARDIS and that sort of thing. And so if he keeps it up, he will be my favorite Doctor from the new series by the end of the season. Uh, I, I can guarantee you that. I'm super, super excited about it. And, and, and I don't know if it's just because I like the the sort of balance he's found between the the classic doctors and the new doctors or if he's or if it's just the reason that he's the first doctor that I've actually been able to watch his episodes live you know when mm. they come on and I'm not binging them you know because you know when I binge them while it's fun and I get to see all the stuff that happens and all that sort of thing I'm on to the next doctor really quick so I don't get time to like sit with the doctor and you know sort of get to know them and really invest in them uh, like the way I, you know, 
I have with Peter Capaldi. So I, I'm not sure which way it goes with me on that, but um, either way, I think as far as the new Who goes, Capaldi will be my doctor uh, by the end of the season. So uh, behind Tom Baker, I must say. Yeah. Um, well, see, I don't even think that that's that bold of a claim to make because, I mean, you know, when you when you find one that you really like and really latch on to, like, it doesn't take you that long to figure it out. I know for me, I mean, like I said, I really like David Tennant. And I think by halfway through season five, like by the time I was done with the, um, was it, those two weeping angel episodes in, in season five with Matt oh, Smith, yeah. by the end of those two episodes, I was like, that's it. Matt Smith's my favorite doctor. Um, I mean, I loved him from his first episode, but I was like, I, I can't quite call him my favorite yet, but like five or six episodes in, I was like, yeah, that, that pretty much settles it. <laughs> See, for me, it was a little different because, um, you know, like I said before, when I went into season uh, one of the new series, um, Cold, you know, uh, the last thing I had seen was the Eighth Doctor, and there was a long period of time between those. So when I went into Eccleston, I was, I went into it completely open-minded. You know, I had no problem accepting him as the Doctor. And then when he switched over to David Tennant, literally I was like within the first I would say I don't necessarily say that that he won me over as much on the the Christmas special just because he was only in the very end of it, you know. Right. But by the time I got to that next episode, he had pretty much won me over. And then when I got to Matt Smith and Peter Capaldi both, it took like half a season for me to to get invested in them as actually being the doctor because they were so different from what I had become accustomed to that I it just mentally I just had to readjust, you know. Mm-hmm. Um and and by the time I got about halfway through the season on both of those I was I was hooked, you know, but I going back and watching it again, I I feel like I would feel differently about it now, but in in the moment it was like I had to I had to make a mental shift in order to be able to get you know my head wrapped around the fact that this was now the new doctor. You know. What really sold it for me for Capaldi was the Robot of Sherwood episode where he meets Robin Hood. Hmm. I absolutely love, love, love that episode. It's one <laughs> of my favorite episodes of New Who. Period. So, uh, just saying. Yeah, I still need to. I need to go back and rewatch season eight because I haven't watched it since it was on TV last year. But I do remember at the end of that Robot of Sherwood episode, there's you know one of those one of those great Doctor speeches where. Um, I guess it's a moment between him and Robin Hood, right? And they're talking about, you know, what makes a hero and all these brave deeds that both of them have done and um, their stories that will last throughout time and all this kind of stuff. So that was Mm -hmm. really cool. Yeah. Uh, It's on Netflix now. Yeah, I know. I know. I've been telling friends who haven't seen that season yet to go watch it on Netflix. I'm like, I need to get around to that myself. (laughs) I feel like one of the things, though, that kept me from being able to accept Capaldi as much as I wanted to was the dynamic between him and Clara um, in the the uh, season because it like Kyle said earlier it was like a roller coaster you know they, you would have one episode where the the dynamic between them would be great and then you'd have an, another episode where it just felt like all they did was squabble through the whole thing you know mm-hmm. and and so it 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 got to the point where at certain times for me it became really tedious and and it, at one point i would be like well the doctor's just being a real jerk and then then you know the next time around i'd be like clara's really getting on my nerves you know and so it, it i for me 
I think that took away from my adjustment to be able to to see him in the way that I wanted to as the new doctor. You know, it just seemed like it got in the way. Gotcha. No, I mean, I, I can understand that. And again, that's part of the reason why I'm excited for them to bring in a new companion. I, I think that helps with a new doctor. Um, I mean, I know when, you know, when Tennant came in, uh, we still had Rose for another, what, like two seasons after that. But she had only been with Capaldi for one season. I feel like now that... Um, Eccleston. Or Eccleston, yeah, sorry. <laughs> you know which one I meant. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know, I guess... <laughs> With uh, with Clara having gone through so much with uh, Matt Smith's doctor, and I mean the way that she obviously became so attached to him and was so shaken that you know he was this old man now. I'm like, okay, obviously you know she's like dragging along more baggage in this partnership than he is, and um, I'm I'm kind of ready for him to just like start fresh with somebody new and get you know new doctor, new companion. All right, let's see where they go. It's kind of funny because Clara only had like six episodes six maybe seven episodes with matt smith oh that's true because he was it was only like the second half of that season it wasn't that much you know but yet she had so much built up with with 11 before he regenerated that it was really rough and awkward and weird at times you know so i don't know it is it's just very interesting to you know look back on it you know it seems like there's so much history you know especially early on in, in series eight where they she keeps having to, you know, she gets the call from Eleven, you know, mm. saying, hey, it's still me, you know, that they only had just a handful of episodes together. It really wasn't that much. But, yeah, it seems like they had, you know, years together almost at uh, times. Don't get me wrong. I'm not blaming Jenna Coleman for that. I'm I'm thinking that's more of the writing than anything else, you know. Yeah. Um, but it was it was just interesting because she was – around for so much yeah no i mean i I think that's a good thing almost that they're able to make her feel like such an important companion in such a short amount of time um but then i I think on the other hand maybe part of the reason why it feels like she's kind of wearing out her welcome a bit um is that it seems like there's always all these different storylines where somehow she ends up being like the most important person in the world or something um you know it, it Obviously, in that seventh season, she was, like, the impossible girl, and there was this whole mystery of, like, why have I kept kept seeing you before, and you keep dying, and, like, how is this even possible? Um, and I thought, you know, the resolution to that was really cool, but then in uh, the 50th anniversary special, even, like, she's the one who convinces the doctors not to destroy Gallifrey, um, and you know, all, all this other stuff as they keep going. So it's kind of like, okay, like she's, even though she hasn't been around that long, it already feels like she's had her time to shine. She's kind of past her peak already, I guess. Well, part of the reason I think it feels like she's been around longer too, is because of the lead in episodes of the impossible girl stuff, you know, because she did pop up on a couple of occasions before she was full time, a companion. And I think that makes it feel like she's been around longer. True. You know, she was souffle girl. Mm-hmm. And that was really early in the season. Right. Um, we've got a couple of other things that we can speculate about. Um, I don't know how much you've been keeping up with, with this, Kyle, uh, but obviously we're getting uh, Maisie Williams has joining the cast of Doctor Who in, a, in at least a somewhat regular role, you know, coming from Game of Thrones. Uh, Paul really wants her to be Romana. <laughs> you know, regenerated. Uh, Romana being a, a, a time lady 
companion of the fourth doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, My first companion from the fourth doctor. Uh, but of course there's been all the rumors about, well, maybe she's uh, a, a previous regeneration of river song or, you know, all these other weird rumors about her, you know, do you have any speculation about her uh, as to who she might be or, or what her role in this whole series might be about? Um, uh, I guess I don't have any spe- specific speculation. Um, that is definitely something I'm intrigued by and that I'm excited to find out. Um, I think the first time I watched the, the first trailer for season nine, where she shows up at the end and is like, what took you so long, old man? Um, it, it just sort of gives an indication that like these two have met before that there's some kind of history there. And I think I immediately texted you as soon as I finished watching it, Jason. And I was like, do you know who that is? Cause like, it could be somebody from the old doctor who that I haven't seen before. And you know, way more about that stuff than I do. So, um, I mean, I guess I don't really have any of my own theories on it. I, it's just, uh, you know, something that I'm definitely curious about. I think from some of the general speculation and stuff I've heard online, it seems like kind of the three biggest theories are that she's either, uh, you know, maybe Romana or the doctor's daughter that David Tennant had, or, um, Susan, who was well, like the first doctor's granddaughter. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've heard, you know, those three names thrown around a lot. Then I've heard, uh, Moffat say that, you know, no, it's a completely new character, but I think as Hubians, we all know, like rule number one, Moffat lies, um, so you know it could be any one of those three. It could be a completely new character. I just think it's going to be a pretty cool surprise when we do find out. Although I, I will say, I hope it's a. Uh, I guess I hope it's a big surprise and maybe someone that we have heard of before. And it's you know doesn't turn out to be something where it's just like, oh, she was just somebody that you know ran into him on a previous adventure that we didn't see and not really that big a deal. Just somebody who's happened to come across the doctor before. But I don't think that's going to be the case. I think it's going to be a pretty significant character that I guess whether we've seen her before or not is, is going to probably have some big significant role in the doctor's history. Okay. Paul, what is your speculation on Maisie? Uh, obviously we all know how much you want to be Romana, <laughs> but uh, anything other than that? Well, the, the, the thing is the information, what tiny bit of information that we've been getting every time that somebody makes a comment or uh, whatever talking about, uh, her in the show, it makes me feel less and less and less like it will be Romana. And uh, I say that, of course, with a heavy heart, but uh, <laughs> uh, no, I I feel like that she's going to play a big enough part that it's not going to be something that we'll just, you know, pass over. And, and I think that it'll be significant enough that... Uh, I think people will be wanting to see her become the next companion, to be honest with you. Do you um, think she will? I, I hope she will, but I don't know. You know, I, I don't see any anything as far as uh, any of the uh, materials and stuff that I'm that I'm seeing online that indicate that she will. Um, I, I just I think that's more a fanboy thing than anything else. You know, do you um, think she'll become a companion, Kyle? Um, you know, I don't know if I had considered that before, but I definitely think it's possible. I mean, especially with the way that, uh, like we were talking about before with Clara, how they introduced her a couple of times before she joined the show full-time as a companion. Yeah. Um, I I think it would be cool if she was Romana, but I, I don't have any 
solid uh, speculation as to who she might be. I, I really do think um, I'm going to go along with Paul here and, and think that she really is a, a brand new character. Um, probably somebody that we meet uh, earlier on in the season and then she comes back. And so that line about, you know, you and what took you so long, old man, is sort of a reference back to a previous time that they met in the season, you know, rather than that's their first meeting this season. As to whether or not she becomes a companion, I think she could. Uh, I really think it'd be kind of fun if she did, uh, just from what little I've seen of her. But then again, she could also become a bit like, you know, uh, Vastra, Jenny, and Strax, you know, just sort of pop in and out every so often and or like river and you know show up when needed that sort of thing um i don't know i don't know maybe maybe she'll be like you know one of those just recurring characters and we'll get a brand new companion starting season 10 well, one of the reasons i think that it would be uh something that they would consider doing is because it would be kind of going back to the dynamic that we had with some of the classic doctors, uh, with the much older doctor and the much younger companion, um, almost like a daughter figure, uh, sort of like the seventh doctor and ace. Um, Mm -hmm. or the first and Susan. Right. And, And I think that that might be something that they would consider going back to. And so that was kind of one of the reasons why I kind of felt that that might be a possibility, you know? Right. Okay. Because it does seem like that they're moving a little bit more back towards a classic Who uh, feel with Capaldi's Doctor. That is true. That is true. Any other speculation anybody has on Maisie Williams? Uh, Not for me. Okay. Well, I have one other specific point of speculation that I want to touch on as far as the new season. Uh, Gallifrey. Are we going to see Gallifrey this season? Is he going to find it? Anybody have any ideas or thoughts on that? I kind of feel like they're going to play the long game on that. Um, And I could be completely off, but it just seems like that it's too uh, juicy a thing for them not to draw it out. And I kind of feel like that they're going to do something similar with that that uh, as to what they were uh, considering doing with the Eighth Doctor. Uh, you know, at the end of the Eighth Doctor's movie, uh, they gave you the indication that he was going to go in search of his father, and that we never got to see that happen. But I, I kind of feel like that they're going to kind of play a similar game to that. I think they're going to play the long game with it. Yeah, I think that'll probably be the case at this point. Um just because, I mean, at the end of last season, they, they built up so much to it only for it to kind of be a letdown where, yeah, I think, I guess, was it Missy who gave him the the coordinates or whatever? Right. And then he went to go find it and it wasn't there. Yeah. Right. Um, and then, uh, and that was actually a pretty tragic season, or scene at the end of that season where, you know, he and Clara get back together and both pretend like they found what they were looking for when neither of them did. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, it, it would sort of feel... I mean, that that would get old after a while if they kept doing that and then kept letting us down. But at the same time, I don't think it's something where it's going to be like, oh, aha, like, there it is. Um, especially, like, reading the, the descriptions um, from the episodes this season, 
you know, it doesn't sound like there's there's anything in there that's, that uh, where that's going to play a big part of it. Um, I'm sure it is still going to get mentioned that it'll still, um, you know, maybe they'll they'll build up to it a little bit more. That there might be some hints, but I definitely don't think that he's going to find it this season. Well, I mean, they've got some rumors going around that they're talking about possibility of changing showrunners and. You know, in my in my mind, I'm thinking that that might be something that they would uh, wait until they made a decision like that on, maybe so that they could once again change the tone of the show. You know, just by bringing Gallifrey back. You know, mm-hmm. um, and I mean, you think about the way they played it with the crack. You know, the the the, the crack in time, uh, if you will. You know, you got to see that the very beginning of Matt Smith's run. And they didn't resolve that until the very end of Matt Smith's run. You know, you didn't actually know 100% what that actually was until you got to the end of it, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And you um, thought you did, and then at the end you find out, like, whoa, there was way more to that than right. we, than, than they originally let and on. So what you found, what you <laughs> actually discovered was, you know, like the, the alien uh, creature that came through at the beginning of Master Zero. Yeah, he was he was actually a prisoner that escaped from Gallifrey, basically. They didn't let you in on any of that stuff until the very end of it, and you had to go back and rethink the whole thing, you know, based on what the information they gave you at the end of it. Yeah, I, I think if he does find Gallifrey this season, it won't be until the Christmas episode with River. I think that would be where you would do it if you're going to do it this early. Uh, I agree, I think... It is something that's a bit too juicy to like, oh, hey, you know, we found it. Yay, Gallifrey. Um, it's going to have to be something where they find it and then we're not going to get a new episode for like months, you know. Um, yeah. So I, I think if we, if you're going to do it uh, this season, it'll be Christmas. I, and, okay. I have, and I have a sus- I have nothing to back this up, you know, as far as rumor or anything I've read. But I have a, a suspicion that maybe that's going to be the big thing this Christmas is, you know, he gets a Christmas present and it's Gallifrey, you know, that sort of thing. Um, right. That and could then, be. And then we don't really figure out much about it until season 10. I really hope they don't, like, drag this out for, you know, two and three more seasons because then it just gets tired and old and it's like, come on, find Gallifrey already. This is getting, redund- you know, ridiculous. Because it's already been, you know, well, I guess it's been just over a season since we knew Gallifrey was coming back. So, uh, yeah, but I still think it's something that they could drag out for a while as long as they sort of don't make that the main focus. Um, I mean, and and it's a tricky balance because on the one hand, like if if he's just going off on a bunch of random adventures, we're going to be like, well, come on, like, what are you doing? Gallifrey is out there. Like, why aren't you looking for it? Um, But at the same time. I, I do think it's something they're going to drag out a little bit longer. And if every episode is like, we got to find Gallifrey and then he doesn't find it. Like it's just going to get old and frustrating after a while. Um, but I could almost see this being something where, I mean, I don't know how many seasons Peter Capaldi is going to have as the doctor, but I would maybe like to see maybe like his final episode, he finds Gallifrey. And then like you were talking about changing showrunners, changing the tone of the show, you could bring in, the the 13th doctor could be the one that starts sort of starts fresh with like Gallifrey's back again and you know maybe br- introduce like new time lord characters and whatever so you could kind of have 
uh, you know, each doctor having a little bit of a theme in that way where uh, Eggleston and Tennant were like the ones who, you know, fought in the time war and regretted it and were all alone in the universe. Um, Matt Smith is the one who discovers that Gallifrey is still out there. Peter Capaldi is the one who goes looking for Gallifrey and, you know, maybe finds it right at the end. And then the next doctor could be the one who, you know, sort of ushers in this new era of we have Gallifrey again. Well, I mean, if they were going to do that, I would almost think that they would play it up in such a way as to he sacrificed himself in order to bring Gallifrey back almost. Yeah, Um, something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know exactly how that would play out, but I could definitely imagine something where, you know, he's he's given his all to try to find this, and finally, like, it's back, it's restored, and, you know, he, he just the shot of him either, like, looking at it from space or finally standing on its surface again for the first time in forever, and he just sort of, you know, then collapses and regenerates or whatever. I could see that. I could see that. I mean, obviously, with the, the fact that, I, you know, he's fast becoming my favorite new Doctor... I don't want to see him regenerate that soon because, uh, you know, the rumor is is that if if they change showrunners, if Stephen Moffat uh, leaves and someone else comes in, that means that Capaldi's going to regenerate, you know, with with the new showrunner coming in. Theoretically, yes. Theoretically. Mm-hmm. Um, which I hope that's not the case because, you know, the rumors say that after this season – it's likely that Moffat will have a couple of specials and then leave, you know, that that's the rumors. That's the rumors. You know, there's nothing concrete to back that up. And he hasn't really talked about it as far as I know. That's not to say that he might not come back and write some episodes or something. uh, He could still have some kind of involvement, Mm -hmm. but it's true too. And the, uh, the talk that I've been seeing about who the new showrunner would be, would be, uh, Mark Gaddis, who, uh, has written several mm-hmm. episodes of Doctor Who, and you know is probably you know his face is probably most recognizable as that of Mycroft Holmes in the new uh, Sherlock series that Stephen Moffat is writing. So, is yeah, that- which I think he also is like co-showrunner on that with Moffat, isn't he? Or I, they they co-created it or something like that. He's involved with it somehow. Yeah. in the the behind the scenes. I actually okay. like him as Mycroft. I think that I think he does a good job. Gaddis is also the one that wrote the Robot of Sherwood episode, and so I'm like, I'm, I'm fine with Gaddis taking over <laughs> as long as he keeps Capaldi, you know. <laughs> so um, that is that's the rumor, and we have no real concrete knowledge one way or the other as to if that's going to happen or when that would happen. But it is something to be aware of. Anything else anybody wants to speculate on before we, we move into our, our final little segment here? <laughs> Not really. I mean, I guess one thing we haven't mentioned, the uh, just the trailers they've released so far, it looks like there'll be some pretty cool monsters this season, um, from upgraded Daleks to fire-breathing people to Pan's Labyrinth, you know, <laughs> fiends with hands or eyes on their hands to what looks like it might be the Loch Ness Monster or something. I don't know, but... Uh, <laughs> Sure, looks like uh, like there'll be some pretty cool enemies this season. Can't say I'm thrilled about the return of the Zygons just because they're kind of I don't know cartoony looking. I guess um, definitely I mean, definitely a classic Who villain, right? Right. And I didn't mind that they brought that back for uh, the 50th anniversary special. I was like, okay, that's kind of cool that you know they're they're introducing this whole new element of like the three 
or the two newer doctors plus the war doctor coming together and addressing this whole story of the time war and everything. And at the same time, there's this very classic, you know, Zygons invade London story going on uh, parallel to that. But then I was like, okay, do we need to bring them back again? Like the big red rubber sucker men, like, I don't know. Um, wasn't necessarily thrilled about that, but I mean, they could do worse. Yeah. At least it's not that thing from Love and Monsters. <laughs> the absorbable off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was weird. Um, I, I got a couple things. Okay. Um, well, you know, first of all, he was talking about the, the Zygon. You remember the, the situation the last time we saw the Zygons where they actually came in and basically took control of unit. Yes. Uh, and then we had a scenario where you didn't know which was really the Zygon and which was really the real person uh, towards the end of it. They had to work together because they had no memory of who they really were. Right. I kind of wonder if that's going to play into the whole Osgood thing, because I wonder if the Osgood that we saw die was actually the Zygon. Oh, possibly. Or the one that's going to be in this season could be the Zygon. Uh, because I do know that Osgood is coming back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, that doesn't mean that it's not an earlier point in time or anything like that. I, I know that they could you know, easily do that. But I just I wonder because I'm. I've looked at some of this stuff, uh, and you know we know the Zygons are coming back. We know that Osgood is going to be back. We know that there's supposed to be some kind of overlap there um, yes. with with Unit, and so it really makes me wonder uh, if either she's going to be, you know, the we're going to find out that the the one that died was actually the Zygon, or if the the one that they have remaining is the Zygon. Uh, clone, one of the other. Um, so I think that that's going to come into play somehow. And also, we already know that we were told to uh, polish up on our Dalek history, and we've seen some Dalek stuff from the, uh, the trailers. Uh, yes, and one of the more interesting things in the trailers with the Daleks is there's a wide shot and Paul, you and I talked about this briefly uh, on one of our episodes where we were talking about the trailer. There is, you, you may not know this, Kyle, uh, but in one of the wide shots where, you know, the, the Supreme Dalek or whatever that's in the middle of the red one that says, you know, what is happening, you know, in the trailer, there is all different kinds of Daleks that are taken from multiple different periods in Doctor Who. There's silver and blue ones from very early on. There's the the dark gray ones uh, from, like, about the fourth Doctor. Uh, there's the white and gold ones from six and seven. Bronze. The bronze ones from the new series. So it's like, this is really interesting because we got all these different kinds of Daleks from all the, the different timelines, basically, from all his different uh, encounters with the Daleks in one place at one time. That's going to be really interesting to see what that's all about. I feel like that we're going to have a situation where Stephen Moffat has decided to, uh, I don't want to say retcon uh, our Dalek stories or our Dalek history, but maybe to um, streamline it a little bit. I think that maybe he 
uh, is going to have something set up so that we can see how a lot of our classic Dalek stories and some of the ones from the new who maybe all kind of interconnect in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that uh, might be uh, something that uh, we could possibly see. Because right? I know, like we said before, that the final uh, Dalek storyline of uh, David Tennant's Doctor um, was directly connected to the Dalek invasion of Earth for the first Doctor. And so I think that this could be something that we could see kind of several maybe of those classic storylines and stuff kind of interconnected together in some way um, using the Daleks in this season. You know, It's, it's possible. It's possible. We'll definitely have to be watching for that. Especially as we continue on with our Dalek reviews. You know, see how it all works out. I know that Stephen Moffat's a pretty detail-oriented person, and so he very likely has picked up on some connections here and there and decided to exploit them, you know? <laughs> yeah. See, I, I think the thing for me is, I mean, obviously it's Doctor Who. You're going to keep having Daleks just because they're a classic villain and they always have to keep bringing them back. So I just, I, I wish they would find... I don't know, I guess a better way to, like, keep them in the story, because for me, like, through the newer Doctors, it feels like every time there's a Dalek story, it's like, they all died in the Time War, there's none of them left, except this one survived, and then they kill it, and then six episodes later, these other two survived, and, you know, it's just like, oh, wait, there's no more left, but every time they decide they want to do a Dalek episode, so it's like, just bring them back for good, and say you're going to keep making Dalek episodes. (laughs) Right. All right. Um, I just hope he ties Davros in. <laughs> <laughs> I love Davros. One of your favorite villains. <laughs> we got one more thing that we wanted to talk about. And this is something, Paul, you brought up that we wanted to talk about here. I just uh, thought it'd be fun. It'd be a fun little thing to do. Uh, and since you thought of it, Paul, you get to go first. So uh, Cool. What we're going to do is, what would you... Uh, where would you take the show if you were the showrunner for the series? So, Paul, uh, at this point, you know, after Dark Water, Death in Heaven, and the Christmas special, where would you be taking the show if you were in charge of it? Well, of course, now part of this, like we said before, is probably going to be a little bit of the long game. But um, one of the things that I think would be interesting. Um, going back to, and you and I talked about this a little bit before, um, going back to, uh, like David Tennant's, uh, final story and, uh, then the, the war doctor with the 50th. And, and we know that the events of the day of the doctor take place immediately following the events of, uh, end of time. Uh, as far as the the storyline, the the continuity, I guess you'd say for Gallifrey, mm-hmm. literally within hours of one another. Um, and so, uh, one of the things that I thought would be interesting, and like I said, we brought this up before, or you and I did uh, in private, but um, I think it'd be interesting to have a scenario where we find out that. Uh, the doctor was not given his new set of regenerations by the actual time Lords. I think it'd be interesting to find out that he was given those by a former comrade 
um, um, that was on Gallifrey, and that they did it against the will of the Time Lords. So then, when he when he finally does find Gallifrey and uh, is able to bring Gallifrey back, uh, you have a, a sort of a weird kind of vibe between the Time Lords and the Doctor because they, the Time Lords feel a certain sense of gratitude for what the Doctor has done to bring Gallifrey back. But at the same time, you kind of have this, you know, we're going to snub our nose at you because we don't feel like that you're, you know, at our level kind of thing. And uh, not only that, we're going to punish your friend who, you know, gave you these regenerations uh, just to you know, prove a point kind of thing. Uh, I think that would be something interesting to see. I think that that would, would, you know, kind of bring Gallifrey back, but also bring another uh, sense of animosity between the Time Lords and the Doctor, sort of kind of like what we had in the, in the classic series, because, the, you know, at that point, the, the Time Lords would have, at least in the Doctor's mind, have overstepped their boundaries, uh, to uh, have punished you know, the person that tried to help him. Right. Oh, that's interesting. Kyle, did you have any thoughts yet, or did you want me to go first? I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I, I would... I mean, phew, what would I do if I was showrunner of Doctor Who? Um, well, we talked about this... I don't know, did we actually say this at the beginning of the episode? Like, how cool would it be to you know get to bring in a, a Wookiee for one episode? Um, you know, something like that, where I mean, it would maybe even be fun to see if you could get the rights to throw in little cameos of like alien characters from other franchises just in the background of a scene somewhere. Um, because you know, honestly, obviously, like if all these fictional universes were real, like the Doctor could go into Star Wars and Star Trek and all that other kind of stuff. But um, I mean, I don't know. That, that's such a tough question because part of what I love about Doctor Who is the surprise and the mystery and just the, all the wacky, you know, unexpected stuff that happens that you're just like, you know, you maybe read a, a description for an episode or you see the name of a monster or the face of a monster and think like, wow, this is going to be really dumb. And then they turn it into a really creative and, you know, either scary or entertaining or funny story. Um, so I'm like, man, if I were in charge of all that, I don't even know what I would do. I probably would do something related to Gallifrey, you know, and, and it would be interesting to see how, you know, how we could approach uh, bringing that back into the whole uh, the whole fold a bit. I think that would be a really cool way to sort of ch- shake up the dynamic a little bit. Like if suddenly Gallifrey was fully back and the Doctor could go there and there was other Time Lords and stuff. Um, obviously, since the, the new Who's been around, it's been such a persistent theme that he's the last of the Time Lords and has this this big weight on his shoulders. And, you know, obviously, like I said, I, I would like to uh, bring a new companion in. Um, I don't know exactly off the top of my head, like, who, maybe who I would want to see or what type of character, but it could be fun to play around with that and, uh, you know, maybe throw, throw out some ideas that, uh, you know, haven't been done before, just different types of companions, um, different types of characters that don't really sort of fit the the typical archetype of, uh, of a doctor's companion that we've seen a lot of times before. Um, Strax. Hey, I was about to say, of course, I would have to put more Strax in there. Uh, I mean, I, I, w- I would make like a, a whole comedy episode where the doctor 
takes Strax along on a mission and then like gets captured or something and like Jenny and Vastra and Strax have to save the day but oh like gosh. most of it would be Strax. Oh, Can you be- imagine Peter Capaldi and Strax? <laughs> That would uh, be so funny. Yeah, be... well, I mean, they were together in the first episode. Oh, oh that's right. True. It, it I mean, wasn't like... really, but but Capaldi wasn't in full form yet. Um, I mean, I have to say, like, one of the aspects of Doctor Who that I'm maybe not the most crazy about is the whole way that you know, right after a regeneration, we have to devote a whole episode to the Doctor acting weird and uh, you know, like having amnesia and and getting used to his new body and like fumbling around all over the place and acting awkward and it's like okay we get it he's he's getting used to being somebody new like do we have to spend this much time on it still so i mean now that he's uh you know sort of in in his peak i guess i, I would like to see him pair up with strax again um <laughs> but you're talking about an episode that would be similar to the Mace Windu Jar Jar Binks episode. Yes, from, uh, from <laughs> the Clone Wars. Oh my yeah. gosh! <laughs> oh, that would be funny. Oh my gosh, that would be great. That would be hilarious. Except, I like to think Strax is a bit more competent in general than Jar Jar. It's just you know, but but uh, Strax hey. is the one who is too quick, like too quick to try to rush in and blow stuff. It's like just because you're good at it and you, you Remember, know your way around a weapon and you're not going to trip over yourself doesn't mean you should rush in and blow stuff up. Remember, remember who you're talking to now. Oh, I know. <laughs> All right. Well, well I'm not I saying think... I don't like Jar Jar, but I don't think anyone <laughs> can argue that he's not clumsy. Oh, he's definitely clumsy. So. All right. Um, I guess it's my turn. Oh, man. I'll, I'll address the Gallifrey thing first. I, I think what I would like to do is I think I would want to bring it back at the end of this season. Um, I wouldn't want to wait too terribly long. I would, you know, I'd drag it out this season, but I wouldn't want to wait past this season. Um, just because then it becomes sort of this, like, well, when is it going to happen? And, you know, people start just waiting for it to happen because we know it has to happen, and then it just... It's like, all right, just do it already. And I don't, I don't want to get to that point. So I think I'd bring it back at the end of this season, have the the finale be the rediscovery of Gallifrey, and there's something going wrong. Or, you know, maybe the Daleks, you know, track down Gallifrey too. You know, that sort of thing. You know, we, we get the, uh, the idea that maybe the Time War is going to start right back up again, and the Doctor has to stop it before that starts as a, as a finale. Uh, but I think what I would want to do throughout the season is sort of seed in things where Gallifrey is sort of bleeding through back into this universe. You know, maybe he runs into a Time Lord that's not the Master, you know, uh, on an adventure and they pretend like they don't know who he is and, you know, leave him alone or something, you know, or, you know, he, he finds another TARDIS somewhere or uh, there's a mention of... What if they brought the, the monk back? Oh, the meddling monk. Yeah. That'd be funny. I like the meddling monk. Um, <laughs> first doctor uh, villain there, Kyle, in case you were wondering what the heck we were talking about. Um, but I think I'd want to do something like that. And then as far as other types of episodes, I think would be really fun is to maybe do like a historical episode where we go back and, you know, to a point in history that, and they have to deal with something that isn't actually caused by aliens or robots or something. You know, it's not aliens' fault in history. 
uh, you know, they just have to solve an issue in history. Um, and I think maybe something involving the transcontinental railroad because the doctor likes trains or something, you know, uh, the doctor's like, let's go see the completion of the transcontinental railroad in the U S cause I like trains, you know, that sort of thing. And he winds up in the middle of something, you know, there's a, a band of, of outlaws that are, you know, trying to stop it or something. And he has to, to make history, uh, he has to stop them in order to keep history on track or something like that, you know? So, so no giant mechanical spiders, right? No giant mechanical <laughs> spiders. No no futuristic robots what? that have been sent back in time uh, in an ancient spaceship. You know, no aliens hiding, you know, hiding in, in the coal or anything like that, you know. For, for anybody that didn't catch it, that's a Wild Wild West reference. Oh, that's what I figured. <laughs> <laughs> be perfectly honest, peel back the curtain here just a little bit. Uh, I'm in the process of, of reading a couple of Doctor Who novels that are from the, the historical series, and basically the Doctor finds himself tied up in some historical events. Uh, and the first one I, I read, the Doctor ended up in the Salem Witch Trials, and there were no Ooh. aliens. There were, you know, it was the first Doctor with Ian and Barbara and Susan and uh, there were no aliens. There was no robots. It was just them and the the city of Salem. And so uh, it was it was a really really cool and interesting book. And so that's kind of where that thought process was taking me. And I was like, well, if I were the, and of course, this all starts with if I were playing the Doctor, um, right. because I want to be the Doctor someday. Um, <laughs> You know, the first, the first American Doctor. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, if I were playing the Doctor, where would I want to go back in time to? And of course, one of the things I've always enjoyed is trains, and so that's where the Transcontinental Railroad thing came in. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, I think I'd want to slip that in as sort of a one-off episode, just as a fun side, you know, side episode that didn't have to deal with the greater story arc of Gallifrey coming back. You know. Because uh, you always have to have a couple of those episodes, and I think it'd be a fun one, you know, because the Doctor and trains, because trains are cool. Anything else that we want to cover here in preparation for Series 9, which starts on Saturday? I just had another thought about the Daleks. Oh, dear. Uh, when you were talking about uh, the possibility of the the Time War uh, being reignited, that kind of thing. What if this season we actually get to see that this is the point in time where the Daleks actually stole the Gallifreyan technology for the, their time machines, and that's what set off the entire time travel sequence in the Daleks' history? Because I don't think we've gotten to see anything that showed when that actually happened, have we? No. Not that I'm aware of. I think that it's can all be interesting. It's Especially, all it's all rudimentary time travel and you know stolen technology is all we really know about it. Especially the if they tied that back in with the rediscovery of Gallifrey. Yeah, would be interesting. But thankfully, we don't have too long to wait to find out. You know, at least some of this stuff. So, <laughs> just a couple of days from this point. Kyle, did you have any final thoughts that you wanted to get out there before we start wrapping this up? Uh, nope. I mean, I'll be honest. I've been looking forward to season nine, and I didn't even realize that it started on Saturday. I've just got 
you know, so much other stuff coming up that I'm looking forward to and stuff here. I was like, oh yeah, Doctor Who sept- I knew it was coming up before the end of this month. Um, I guess maybe I thought it was next weekend. I didn't realize it was Saturday. So that's pretty cool. Definitely <laughs> excited to check that out. Yes. Kyle, we'll have to talk off air uh, about watching it together. Uh, yes. Like we did last year. So, because <laughs> Kyle lives like 10, 15 minutes away from me now. So, anyway. yeah, oh, that's I'm right. Because the- you moved closer now. <laughs> I did. I'm the odd man out in this situation, so, you know. <laughs> yeah. A couple states away, it's going to be kind of difficult yeah, to only make that couple. commute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that wraps up our discussion. Kyle, is there you know, anything you want to plug before we, we wrap up this episode? Uh, sure. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that uh, a lot of the listeners here being uh, Doctor Who fans and fans of sci-fi, some of them might be into Star Wars as well. Um, so if you're looking for a podcast to cover all your uh, your Star Wars news related to uh, particularly Episode 7, The Force Awakens, but also, um, you know, we talk a lot about Rogue One and Star Wars Battlefront and Star Wars Rebels and um, mostly focus on, uh, you know, upcoming stuff. We don't do a whole lot of like book reviews or comic reviews or anything like that. Um, but uh, just looking forward to, to all the big, entertaining, uh, you know, Star Wars stuff that's coming out. Uh, me and my friend Tim, we do a podcast called Star Wars: The Saga Continues. Um, we do that. Uh, I don't know, maybe about twice a month or so. We are kind of known for our long episodes where we just talk about and dissect and discuss everything. Um, so we're not really one of the the bigger sort of you know professional like news reporting podcasts. We're not trying to compete with Rebel Force Radio or anything like that. But uh, we just like to. Uh, geek out about Star Wars, have a great time. We we go on some entertaining tangents that I sometimes find myself wondering how the heck did we end up on this topic? But uh, we have a ton of fun, um, and uh, hopefully, if you guys uh, are, are into Star Wars, you'll check us out and uh, hopefully enjoy it as much as uh, we enjoy recording it. So uh, you can check us out on Facebook and Twitter uh, at uh, Star Wars TSC is our Twitter handle, um, and our website is StarWarsTSC.com. Star Wars The Saga Continues is, uh, of course, a fellow podcast on the Thunderquack Podcast Network, of which we are a part of. Yes. And if you want and if you want more information about Talking Time Lords, of course, our website is TalkingTimelords.com. That is our TARDIS on the internet, if you will. Uh, Facebook is Facebook.com slash Talking Time Lords. Our Twitter handle is Talking Time Lord, because adding the S would have been one character too many for Twitter. Uh <laughs> And then you can always email us at TalkingTimeLords at gmail.com. Anything else, Paul, before we close this out? Uh, don't forget to leave us reviews on uh, iTunes and Stitcher, because uh, every review is very much appreciated. Yes, we, we'd love to get uh, creative criticism or you know, just you telling us how awesome we are, because that's always fun, too. Um. <laughs> Tell us you support more strats. Yeah, <laughs> more Strax. Uh, and with that, I think. That and if you don't up. want more Strax, then silence, girl. <laughs> <laughs> and that will wrap up this episode of Talking Time Lords. It's been episode number sixteen, series nine preview for Paul, Kyle, I'm Jason. And remember, until next time... May you hope far-flung hopes and dream impossible dreams. Thanks, guys. Talking Time Lords is a proud member of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Visit thunderquack.com to see their entire catalog of podcasts. Or visit patreon.com slash thunderquack to help support the shows. 
silence, Thank you.